Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Football. Welcome into Purple Daily here where we are going to dive into another edition of How to Fix the Vikings. Not how to fix them to get them back to like nine wins, but like how to legitimately fix them to be Super Bowl contenders. But uh, a quick shout out to our friends at Corona Hard Seltzer, keeping us hydrated and keeping us sane during a roller coaster Viking season. Hey, talk about a Super Bowl contender. It's uh, Corona Hard Seltzer. Forget the Green Bay Packers as number one seed. I'm talking about Corona Hard Seltzer as your number one seed. Some people even think it's Pat Mahomes, the Chiefs. No, it is Corona Hard Seltzer. It's the only hard seltzer made with pure beach vibes. With a refreshing splash of fruit flavors such as tropical lime, mango, cherry, and blackberry lime, Corona Hard Seltzer is a tasty spike sparkling water with a splash of natural fruit flavors that allow you to enjoy the moment. In each can, Corona Hard Seltzer has zero carbs, zero sugar, 90 calories, and is gluten-free. Relax responsibly. Corona Hard Seltzer spike sparkling water with natural flavors. Imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois. Football. 20 points, man. You gave us a chance at the end. But I got three words for you. You like that? So, I heard it all week long, right? 0-9 on Monday night. You like how this tastes? You like this? You like how this tastes? Uh, I'm always going to laugh it's gonna at that. Always, it's it's going to always me. freak me out and gross me out. Yeah, it haunts me. I just, it's, it's so icky. You like that? Like, you I can like take a lot, but that one, I just, oh, like oh. no. No, Mike, no. We, we do not. Woof. We do not need to know how that tastes. All right. <laughs> Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad, Declan Goff. This is Purple Daily. And uh, we, every Tuesday and Thursday, and probably probably some other episodes, too, we're going to devote every Tuesday and Thursday to subjects that center around how to fix the Vikings. Not how to fix the Vikings to get them from 7-9 and nine back to, like, 9-7 and seven and 10-6, and six and maybe they can finish second to the Packers. But, like, how we can fix the Vikings and get them into Super Bowl contention, which is ultimately the mission of this show. We'd like to see the Vikings win a Super Bowl before we all die. And so we're going to evaluate on today's show the three key figureheads of the team and uh, and essentially rank them based on who is good at their job, Rick Spielman, Mike Zimmer, and Kirk Cousins. And we will do that in just a moment. But I saw Declan pointed this out right before 
The show started today. I want to mock. Mock. You guys see a little, uh, little Todd McShay action on ESPN.com yeah. today? Yes, it's very exciting. If you could fire up some appropriate music here, oh, yeah. Declan, we have Todd McShay's predictions for all 32 first round picks following the regular when, season finale. When's Mel coming down the pike? I don't know. I, someone tweeted at us that Mel had released one, but the only one I see that's new is Todd McShay. Mel, Mel, Mel. Todd, 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 Todd. Todd. I think Todd usually does go first. I think this is is, from, that, is that in Mel's contract. I think it's usually. I'll, I'll back clean up. Godfather Mock usually comes out maybe a few weeks after. Are you surprised Godfather that they've Mock. kept both of those guys around in tandem for like fifteen years? Especially with the cuts that they've made in no the past kidding. like three years. Yes, yeah. I am because I'm guessing that Todd, 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 and Godfather <laughs> Mock are not cheap employees. Yeah. And by the way, ordinarily starting next week, we're gonna go. We're gonna have mock draft Mondays on Purple Daily, but. That doesn't preclude us from if Todd McShay drops one on a Thursday. Oh, we got to break it up. Okay. We got to break right. in the coverage. So we're going to go through here. Vikings picking 14th overall. Todd McShay has Trevor Lawrence obviously going number one to the Jacksonville Jaguars, and that's when things get interesting. You might think the Jets, boy, is it going to be Fields? Is it going to be Zach Wilson? They've BYU got, kid, by the way. The BYQ, BYU we, kid. We prefer to refer to the BYU. We kid. prefer yeah. to call him the BYU kid. He's got the Jets taking, and I butcher the pronunciation of this every time. I believe it's pronounced Panay Sewell, the offensive tackle from Oregon. I don't know, to help protect Sam Darnold? I don't know. Or maybe they're <laughs> going to trade out of that pick. So the, who knows what the, what yeah, the, that's the Jets are thinking. Yeah, that's a very uninspired second pick when you, you've got a potentially franchise-changing quarterback on the board. I really like this pick from Miami, number three, wide receiver Alabama, Devontae Smith. Heisman Trophy winner, Devontae Smith. He's the right? real deal, I think, too. Mm-hmm. And he might be their second best wide receiver, too. That's the crazy thing. Oh, Alabama. yeah. Yeah. Alabama's ridiculous. Uh, Zach Wilson, the BYU kid, going number four to the Falcons, which is the first sort of hmm pick because they already have Matt Ryan, yeah, that's but he's good, getting old. That's a good pick. I'm not going to go through all these, but uh, offensive lineman Rashawn Slater, Northwestern to the Bengals. At, at five or where? At five, yeah. Okay. Jamar Chase, he sat up the whole season, right? Wide receiver LSU, Jamar Chase. I don't yes. think he played yeah. this season. Hopped it up. Lions taking him, which means. Lions, wide receiver, first round, almost certainly to be a bust. Um, or be great, and after about nine years, just quit. That could happen, too. Just get sick of the franchise. Let's see here. Let's go into the teens here. Wow, no Justin Fields yet. It was interesting. What? Wow. Yeah. In fact, no Justin Fields. The Vikings pick at 14 yep. with Justin Fields on the board still, according to Todd McShay. Yep. What the hell? And they take offensive tackle from Virginia Tech. Christian Derisaw. I want to mock. Mock! And then, of course, the New England Patriots at 15 right behind them swoop in and say, we'll take Justin Fields Does to it be ex- our franchise explain why he's got Justin Fields dropping to 15? Let me read the Vikings right up, and then I'll read the Fields right up Thank here. Thank okay? you. So McShay says about uh, the offensive tackle from Virginia Tech, Ezra Cleveland, last year's second rounder, has helped the offensive line, but the Vikings still need a dominant tackle. They were one of 12 teams that allowed quarterback pressure on at least 30% of dropbacks. Derisaw is a talented left tackle who has power as a pass protector, which is the key here because the Vikings are terrible at that, (laughs) and can get to the second level to help block for Dalvin Cook in Minnesota's zone run schemes. Other possibilities might include pass rush aid uh, because the Vikings, well, I mean, they're going to get Daniel Hunter back ideally, but uh, or a safety, he says, at 14. If the Vikings take a safety at 14... I quit the show. 
Whoa! I quit the whoa, show. Whoa, 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 whoa. Declan and Judd. Checkmark that. Yep. yep. I didn't about that your big last break, night. Declan. Mark, yeah. mark, <laughs> mark that down. Mark, yeah. It is 1126. All tweets exposed. Central <laughs> Standard <laughs> Time. No, hell no. No, it's evidence. <laughs> I'm Wait. telling you, as long as Harrison Smith is still competent and one of the better safeties in the NFL, you do not need to be spending big money or first-round picks on another safety. I'm inclined Stop. to agree that you're probably correct, but I will say in Zim's world, I wouldn't guarantee that you just didn't sign your own death certificate to the show. There are certain things in football that are a luxury. A good fullback is a luxury. A second a safety is a luxury. A good running back might be considered a luxury by yeah. some. Fix your offensive line first, so I, I like this pick. Uh, you wanted the Justin Fields Yes, I'm curious about the rationale for why you would drop him that far. McShay says, okay, it's time. And what a terrific oh. outcome this would be for Coach Bill Belichick. Fields fell to number 15 here because we aren't doing trades in this mock. There's little chance he makes it this far down the board, especially after his six-touchdown performance in the Sugar Bowl. But what a nice fit Fields makes in New England. And then he goes into... So I don't know. So I so, guess he's saying that someone's going to probably trade up for Fields. Are we but. convinced that the Jets are now going to try and bring Darnold back and make him decent? Like, is is this the going theory now that the Jets wouldn't draft a quarterback, I guess? Yeah, it says in here, the Jets' pair of late-season victories made it an even more difficult call on what to do at quarterback. Zach Wilson or Justin Fields could be in okay. play. But uh, moving okay. down would be the ideal move here. So they're saying maybe they can move down and get Justin just, Fields. Or something. Oh yeah, for a sports dad. Just quickly. Come on. Okay. All right. I'd like to talk very briefly here <laughs> about late season victories. All right. <laughs> Mitch Trubisky. Oh, did you see him when he got the job again late in the season? He's proven something. We should bring him back, right? Oh, yeah. Sam Darnold won a couple games. Let's bring him. Honest to God, if you <laughs> assess late season victories, ponder. Oh, look at those last four games. Yes, you're an idiot. Like, when's the last time you saw a guy that you thought might be a bust get hot late in the year, and then the team's like, "We're sticking with them, our guy Johnny Football." Well, who is the guy? And that, then Johnny Football comes back and is good. Who is that Packers backup that threw for six touchdowns against the Lions? Matt, and Matt Flynn. Matt Flynn. Yes, that was the anniversary. Well, that guy looks great. $40 million or whatever. Yeah, oh, to man. not play. <laughs> but but honest to God, if the New York, like, if, if the Darnold, if the Darnold thing comes from a place of believing that they can make him good, that's fine. But if anybody looked at those late season games, they're idiots. Yeah. So uh, a couple other notable things here. Rashad Bateman, gopher star wide receiver, going 18 to the Dolphins. So the Dolphins taking two wide receivers in the first round, according to this. Trey Lance, North Dakota State, going to Washington at 19. Mac Jones going to the Indianapolis Colts at 21. So a bunch of quarterbacks off the board. And then uh, I think that's the end of the quarterback. If Mac Jones Jones is there at 14, gentlemen, do you take him? Oh, my God. I have to do my scouting report on him. First, before I can uh, you give you an accurate answer, and I have to talk to the people, but but I'm leaning towards which it. means Google. Yeah. I am like so hell bent on getting a good young quarterback with upside that makes no money for five years and building the rest of the roster that like almost anyone dangling there at fourteen is gonna is gonna catch my attention. All right, so uh, for me, the answer is probably yes. I want a mock mock. All right. Let's do uh, let's do a little how to fix the Vikings action here, All gentlemen. Right. But um, I don't think I've shouted out this Corona Ultimate Tailgate experience yet on the show here today. Should. And so we should probably let you guys know that our friends at Corona, they've been so happy with how much you guys have embraced on Purple Daily Corona Hard Seltzer. 
They said, well, listen, if you guys like Corner Hard Seltzer, let's step our game up and let's offer the ultimate tailgate experience via Corona. Sweepstakes will award, and get this, six winners, a Corona game day prize pack valued at over $3,500, including a 70-inch TV, wireless surround system, football furniture. That's right. Football. I'm literally looking at a picture. I should have popped it on the screen. I'm literally looking at a picture of a football helmet carved out with, like, a chair and a seat in the middle of it. That could be in the middle of your living room. I would like to see this. Uh, And there's a grill. There's a Corona uh, cooler here. Beanbag set. Big cooler? I want the It's a huge cooler. Nice big cooler. It's a great cooler. I love a good cooler. If you'd like to enter, go to gamedaywithcorona.com. Couple caveats here. uh, Caveats. You must be 21 or older. Live within a 40-mile radius of Minneapolis. So sorry to the... Uh, to the folks who are watching from Belgium, no purchase necessary. Sweepstakes subject to change. Enter by January 18th. Corona beers imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois. Relax responsibly. Football. Watching football on a 70-inch TV and football furniture sounds like absolute heaven. Can you imagine? Just wife walks in. There's just six yeah, nice. football chairs replacing like, all the other furniture. What, what happened to all our nice furniture? <laughs> Honey... We got football furniture. John Elway is coming over. He's got a lot more time on his hands now. It's going to be great. <laughs> yeah, Rick Spielman is too. All right. He's going to scout from the football furniture. Speaking of Rick Spielman, <laughs> here, here's the exercise in terms of how to fix the Vikings. I think it's important to look at the guys who influence the franchise the most, right? It's hard to fix the Vikings if we don't evaluate the biggest and most important figureheads in the organization. So Rick Spielman Mike Zimmer and Kirk Cousins. This is the Purple Daily audit of those three guys. Judd, we'll start with you. Mm. How would you rank those three guys based on who is the best at their job relative to their peers? So Cousins as a quarterback, Spielman as a GM, et cetera. So I'm doing this um, compared to their peers. Like like, Like who is the best at their job relative to their peers? Is it Spielman as a GM, Zimmer as a coach, Cousins as a quarterback? How would you rank them? So I'm not not going to just take the exciting um, second half post bye week sample size of Cousins and say, well, I mean, clearly him, because I still I can't get past the fact that in the last two years, Kirk Cousins has gotten off to slow starts, and that definitely colors how I think about him because. Um, if our mission is for the Vikings to win a Super Bowl, I don't think that you could simply say, well, five games in, I sucked. But then I got really good. I mean, so I'm not going to go with Cousins. Um, relative to their peers, I would say that it comes down to, in my opinion, Spielman and Zimmer. And you know what? Relative to his peers, and I'll probably get some pushback on this, especially from the people that love Kirk. I am going to go with Rick Spielman. And here's why. Mike Zimmer is a good head coach. I'll say it again. Mike Zimmer is a good head coach. I don't hate him. But relative to what his peers do and relative to the needs of the game now, I think that some of his, no, I don't think. I know that some of his beliefs are outdated and are disturbing to me. Um, Being defense first at basically uh, sacrificing your offense at times because you love your defense so much to me is a backward way to do things in this era of football. So I really believe if we're talking about relative to his peers, I know he drives us crazy at times, and I will hold against him the fact that he has never really found a quarterback, which is absolutely a key thing. But when 
you look at the overall job that he's done, I'm going to go with Rick Spielman, which might surprise people. But if you think about it, Cousins, slow starts. And by, by the way, too, we can't get past the fact completely that Cousins was brought here three years ago to go to a Super Bowl. And in two of the three years, it's not all his fault. Hear me out on this, okay? But the Vikings have missed the playoffs completely. That's a problem. Zimmer, I think, has, is a good coach, but I also can't get past the fact that I think that his beliefs in football are probably not conducive to with where the game is now. Spielman, I think, is actually up to date. Not yeah. saying he's perfect, but I'm going to go with the, the GM, Rick okay. Spielman. What about you, Dex? I also have Spielman as one for me. I, I think the body of work that he's been able to do Figuring out the draft, and I know the quarterback has been the missing piece, but he has put together a roster. He's been aggressive in free agency. Um, I just think he's more with it with the times, like Judge just said. I mean, like even if Kirk Cousins, we can rag on him, but at least the guy is is a prolific pocket passer and he can sling the ball. I've always been very bullish on what Mike Zimmer has done over his body of work, but let's be honest, it's it's not really in the times of 2020. So for me, it would be it would be Rick Spielman too. I'm with Judd. Yeah. I... <laughs> I actually think they're all sort of neck and neck in how they rank among their peers. None of them are bottom feeders. There's not an Adam Gase or, well, we could just use the Jets. There's not an Adam Gase or a Sam Darnold where they're just among the worst at their job. But there's also not, you know, uh, a top three, like absolute top three GM coach quarterback in the mix. They're all good. They're all good with flaws at their jobs. Not bad enough to where you would just immediately have to fire him, um, and you know, not 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 guys that are just completely incompetent. But I would probably say Rick Spielman is slightly better at his job than the other two guys. And my logic there is, like, the biggest compliment I can give Rick Spielman is that he's been with the Vikings for almost thirteen or fourteen years or whatever it's been, and the Vikings almost always have very competitive rosters. They never have a two and fourteen roster because. He just completely whiffed on talent evaluation for you know the entire draft of free agency. He's also been able to find stars throughout the draft. Later rounds even. Stefan Diggs and Ian Hunter. Uh, first round has been a little hit or miss with some guys, but when, when you're putting Diggs, Hunter, Jefferson, Dalvin, Harrison Smith, Xavier Rhodes, Eric Kendricks, the list goes on. When you're putting guys like that into your 53-man roster, you're going to have good teams. And so he's hit some big home runs in the draft. The knocks, and I actually, you know what? I'm actually not going to include quarterback on the knock list because I think you can make a case. He whiffed hard on Ponder. Bridgewater, we just don't know because he blew his knee out and it's like his timeline, like his path completely shifted after the knee injury. Mm-hmm. And Cousins was an aggressive move for the best available you know, starting quarterback on the market. I mean, the knock there would be, are you not? Why are you not taking more shots to find a young quarterback Correct. in the draft? Right, yes. like that would be the knock. Yes, and, and then pon- ponder is a huge knock. Yep. But I'm going to take quarterback off of the list, and I still think there's two or three big time knocks on Spielman. Number one, the Vikings have had the worst pass blocking offensive lines in the NFL, like largely you could for for seven years. Like I think maybe not the worst, but like bottom five pass blocking offensive lines for seven years, and you either have not addressed it enough just through neglect or you've just been whiffing on guys like Elfline and Samia and Bradbury might be a whiff. TJ Clemmings and Willie Beavers. Like these guys are, 
I mean, these aren't seventh round picks. Like TJ Clemmings was a fourth round pick, Willie right? Beavers. Willie Beavers, like maybe the worst fourth round pick of all time. Brian O'Neill was a hit, and so he deserves credit for that. But yeah. offensive line is the most important thing you can put together on a team, and they haven't uh, in terms of pass protection. Number two, Vikings haven't drafted a star defensive player in five years. Declan brought that list to the show yesterday. The last star defensive player they drafted was Eric Kendricks in 2015. That's a problem. And that's partially on Zimmer, too, because yep. he, he's sure. in, in Rick's ear, right? Mm-hmm. And, and you know, he if we're going to give um, Zim credit for Hunter's development, which we do, we then have to give him the knocks for, okay, we're not expecting your draft picks to all be Daniil Hunter, yeah. but we are expecting more from the this last crop. Yep. Yeah, and so, you know, some of it's talent evaluation, some of it is why haven't you developed guys, you know, et cetera. And then the, the other knock I would say, non-quarterback related knock on Spielman is, I don't think he has a great sense of salary cap allocation to the most important positions. When you're franchising a safety for $11 million and you're paying an injury-prone running back yeah. top five money at the position and you're giving Anthony Barr $14 million a year, like fix your offensive line. Fix your offensive line you and a, then do these other things. So you, you, you just, in a roundabout way, broached a topic that I would love to know more about. That's who contractually has control here. Because because Childress had control of the 53-man roster, which made him the de facto GM, right? But then Rick got named GM of this team in 2012, correct? Mm-hmm. And and so and he hired Mike. So my assumption is that in Rick's contract, it states that he has personnel control. Yeah, I would assume so. Um, it feels like Mike dictates a lot, and he should. He's the coach. But to your point from what you just said, Phil, there really feels like that there should be times where Rick's like, oh, no, no, no. Right? Well, my, this is just a pure guess, but Mike Zimmer it has a ton of conviction, shall we say, right? Mike Zimmer sure. is very opinionated. He's he's very grisly. He's prickly. And so if he has a strong he, opinion on something. can remove certain letters he, from that. <laughs> right. Even if he doesn't have contractual control over the 53-man roster. Yeah. It's possible that Rick Spielman sort of bends to Mike Zimmer's will just to say, all right, you're the head coach. Sure. If we're kind of on the fence, if it's a 60-40, we'll go with Anthony Barr. Okay, we'll we'll bring him back in free agency, right? Sure. So I, I could see Mike Zimmer having influence without actually having it built into his contract. Um, real quick, on Mike Zimmer, I think he's a good head coach too, but I don't think he's a complete head coach. I think it's been seven years, and I still think – he identifies more as a defensive coordinator who outsources offense to someone, by the way, to someone new every year, too, for six years. And then weighs in. <laughs> right. Run, run more. And I don't I, I don't think he's I don't think he has figured out how to be the the overseer of a fifty-three man roster. I don't think he has really figured out how to push all the right buttons, especially with offensive players. Um, and so I don't think he's anywhere near the league's elite coaches in, in that category. And he's not a great game and clock manager coach yeah. either. That's he's great point. at scheming defenses when you give him the chess pieces. On the Cousins front, um, you know, he probably played the best stretch of football of his career in the second half of the season. But you know he lacks the mobility and improvisational skills of some of the top, top guys like Mahomes and Russell Wilson, Watson, Josh Allen now. Uh, and he doesn't have that same dagger ability as like a Tom Brady or an Aaron Rodgers where it's like Mortal Kombat, I'm just going to finish you, unless it's the Jaguars. Like he doesn't he doesn't have that. So no. he's Cal- good. Kelly G, he's a nice guy. Yeah, like he's good. 
But yes. So so I can I can say good and bad about all these guys, but I think Rick Spielman ultimately is probably a little bit better at his job than the other two guys. If I I was starting a team and gone to the head, you came to me and said, you have to make a three year commitment to one of those three: Zimmer, Spielman, or Cousins, and it has to be three years. I guess my answer of Spielman is driven by I would hire Rick. Like there is no way that yeah, I that I would or- hire Mike. Um, as my coach now, and Kirk, I, I mean, I think Kirk is a statistically really good quarterback who goes through stretches of really good play. But I would like to think that my people could find a quarterback who is more with the times as far as yeah. the position goes. And and I'm sorry, I just don't really like how Kirk is wired mentally. How much different would your Kirk Cousins' opinions be if instead of what is he thirty two? Let's say instead of being 32 years old and making this this year, he's going to make 15% of the salary cap. Like he's going to make like $31 million or something. Sure. If instead of those things, if he was in year two or three of a rookie contract and he was the second, third round pick that Washington had, right? Like, so basically go back to he's 25. He's in his third year in the NFL and he makes almost nothing. I would do exactly what Washington did. I would I would certainly keep Kirk through that contract. Uh, I might franchise him once. I wouldn't franchise him twice. Um, but my thing now, in ha- having seen Kirk for three years, is I would never pay Kirk the next step. So, like, rookie contract, awesome. Let's see. Let's see. But Washington, I think, ultimately saw and, and came – to the conclusion that probably the three of us have come to, Mm -hmm. which is statistically uh, very good, has some very good games, but overall, is he the guy that you want at at a huge price tag, potentially, to lead your franchise? And my answer after three years of watching him be that guy with that contract is no. Isn't it kind of funny how that works in in baseball, basketball, compared to football, for instance, when you, you, you get a young player in your system, um, and like, it, let, let's just say a young potential superstar player. So a quarterback or whatever, a wing player in the NBA or a, a starting pitcher or something in baseball. And I feel like in football, if it's a quarterback, if he's proven to be starting caliber, you just sort of lock in and you keep renewing and they, they don't really ever like Kirk Cousins tested free agency, but most guys just kind of keep on trucking along. Like yeah. Matt Stafford gets drafted and well, he's our starting quarterback, and so we'll just keep paying him the going rate of a starting quarterback in the NFL until he's 37 and he's out of the league, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, like uh, Derek Carr is kind of an example of that. Whether he's like 30 years old now and he's pretty you good, you always think, but he makes a bunch of money. He's going to really, really peak now. Or you're worried that well, he's he's good, and boy, if we get rid of him. You know, what What could happen? Like, teams are so scared to move off of a starting quarterback because, oh, my yeah. God, what if we draft Christian Ponder? Then what happens? Right. And in some of these other sports, like, well, unless you're the Timberwolves or the Andrew Wiggins, but, like, you get a guy and you draft him in the first round and, all right, he's not maybe what we thought. He's fine, but we're not going to break the keep break of the bank for him. If he wants to stick around for less money, that's fine. But in the NFL, it's like, well, you're a starting quarterback, and so we're just going to keep paying you. You know, top five money as it rotates through the the cycle until you're 36 years old, and I think you know Philip Rivers was like that with San Diego. Tony Romo was like that with the Cowboys. Like they're paying these guys top money. Are they delivering what they're being paid? 
No, put but your, they're not disasters. Put, put your foot in the ground, but they're not disasters. So that's you exactly stick with why them. they stick with them. Yeah, and that's why you don't win Super Bowls. And that's been my problem with like the Kirk Cousins conversation. It's not whether he's a good quarterback. He is a good quarterback, but you got to be careful paying good quarterbacks too much money relative to the cap. And so, like, if my opinion would be so much different if Kirk was a little younger, was on a rookie contract. In fact, if he was if he was younger and on a rookie contract, I'd be like, oh my god, the Vikings can win a Super Bowl. Oh yeah, like Josh Allen has some flaws. Yes. But I look at Josh Allen and say, despite some of the, like, he'll get weird and throw some interceptions sometimes, but my God, he's 24, he makes no money, and they can build a roster and around him. the problem, him. though, is that you you would continue to say, hey, there's that next step, and Kirk is going to take it in 2021. No, wait, hold, yeah. wait, 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 it's going to be 22. But if if you had Kirk on a rookie deal, Phil, would you, at the end of that, if if next year was going to be the last year of his rookie contract, would you bring him back on a big contract? Because I would not. Back to Purple Daily in just a moment here. If you're a business owner out there, Federated Insurance has tools to help you. How helpful would it be for you to have employee training, for instance, at your fingertips? Industry resources that can help your business reach another level of success. Well, that's why Federated Mutual Insurance Company recently launched My Shield, the online client destination for risk management resources. MyShield has resources to help your business with all sorts of things like safety training and videos, customizable risk management plans, simple risk management policies and checklists, and uh, also workplace posters, sample safety program manuals, and all kinds more. If you're already a federated insurance client, well, what are you waiting for? Just get registered today so you can jump on MyShield through federatedinsurance.com or download the app. And if you're not, you can just talk to your federated insurance marketing representative today at federated it's always our business to protect yours yeah i i would and that doesn't make him bad i would tend to lean toward going back to the well drafting another rookie like i would i would be constantly drafting quarterbacks in like the second round first second round maybe third round and just and i get that that depletes some of your other positions so you can't do it every year right but like once every five or six years so that you can and maybe you'd be moving to a worse quarterback but your cap flexibility would allow you to just put more weapons and tools and protection I mean, around that guy. What what gets me about Kirk is is there is talk right now, right now, about what Kirk can really improve on for next year. He's 32. He's in his 30s. Like, he can improve somewhat, but we talk about him like he's 24. Like, yeah. wait till he turns the corner. There's no corner to turn. Yeah, you are who you are, which it, is fine. And he's, but, good, and he's good. Yes. But, I mean, there's talk about, well, if Kirk, you know, Kirk is going to try and improve on X, Y, or Z. Yeah. Okay. How much at his age and his experience can you truly bank on that he's going to improve at this age? He's not very much. He's kind of in that Matt Ryan category, right, where he's a he's a pocket passer. He's not going to run a whole lot. And uh, and he's going to have to rely on protection and accuracy, and they both put up kind of similar numbers. They're four thousand yard passers who throw like twenty eight to thirty touchdowns, whatever. Right. Matt Ryan became Matt Ryan after like four years when he was twenty seven years old. I'm looking at it right now, and he's just been the same guy for a decade throughout his thirties. He's been good, and the one year where I think he won the MVP, right, like four or five years ago, yeah. and the one year where he won the MVP, it was a year in which. Everything around him was perfect. They had two amazing, versatile running backs. They had Julio Jones at the peak of his powers and a couple other good wide receivers, an offensive line that was great. 
And then their defense was, I think it was one of the better pass rushing defenses. And so when you get it right and you have all the right components around, and of course they blew a three touchdown lead in the Super Bowl. So, so Matt Ryan shows that like, if you get it right and perfect around Kirk Cousins, you probably can take a lead in the second half of the Super Bowl and then hang on for your life. And then blow the whole thing. (laughs) Um, but it's literally only happened once in Matt Ryan's career. Unless I'm missing a run. Did they go and to the NFC Championship Ryan, game one time? They've been, I, they've been to the NFC title game one other time. They lost to San Fran, I believe. But and yeah. I would okay. say Matt Ryan, at Matt Ryan's height then, too, was probably at least a tick, if not two, that better than Kirk could be. Yeah, he he seems at to have a little, little bit more dagger to him, too. Yeah. He's, been, he's been a fourth-quarter comeback guy yeah. quite a bit in his career. Actually, so, yeah, he has a ton of fourth So, quarter yes, me... I go Spielman, probably Cousins, and then Zimmer. Yeah. And, and again, and none of them are dumpster fires. And that, Actually, one more question for you guys before you wrap the episode. Is there any scenario in which you would move on from two or three of these guys? Like, I can see, like, adjusting like right one. Where you would let, like, I would say if, if you were, of those three, if you were to get rid of two of them, I would consider that, like, a borderline blow it up, right? Yeah, that would, yeah, it would be for sure. So is there any scenario in the next calendar year like the next 12 months where you would consider blowing it up, quote unquote, and getting rid of two out of the three. I'm not talking about just getting rid of Kirk. I mean, I mean like fire a coach and a quarterback 12 months or fire a GM and a coach. So in the next year, if they don't make the playoffs next year, I think the coach is gone for sure. I, I don't think Zim could survive that. Um, Kirk, I'm not so sure about and Spielman. I'm not so sure about what they, they would do. I would very much consider if they didn't make the playoffs, if I were the Wilfs, I probably fire I fire the coach. Um and I look to move on at QB. Now that doesn't mean that the QB is gone for sure, but at some point in time you have to pivot to the plan of mm-hmm. what's next. Uh but I but I think that would require I think what you're talking about, Phil, would require actually not making the playoffs again. Yeah. That, that's the only way that I think we would assure that there would be pretty substantial changes. I can't see a scenario in which I would just fire all three or, you know, in the case of uh, cousins, get rid of jettison, whatever. Cause I think that's what dumpster fire franchises do. I think you have to keep some stability when you're, when you're good and the Vikings have been good, not great. Um, and I can't see a scenario in which I would keep Zimmer, but get rid of Spielman. I can't see a scenario in which I would keep cousins and then get rid of like both the other guys. I could see scenarios in which I just get rid of Zimmer or I get rid of Zimmer and cousins. Um, if you're getting rid of Spielman, I think you're getting rid of everything. I think that's like the nuke option where you're just cleaning house altogether. If you fire him, you've decided that you don't think that he has the ability or capability uh, to accurately identify the next coach. Yep. And and he did accurately identify Mike Zimmer. Mike Zimmer was a good hire. The Vikings yeah. have been good and above 500. Uh, so, so the more we talk this out, like Rick Spielman's not the best general manager in football, but he has proven, I think, more worthy of being around for five years than the other two guys at this point. That's fair. So, okay. That's fair. Cool. But I, I do think that the pressure is going to be yep. really substantial going into next year. It should be. I think it's going to be really high because there's no there's no reason why they shouldn't come back uh, next season and be really competitive. And by that, I mean, at the very least, challenge strongly for the division title. Mm-hmm. Like, they should be good. Yep. Yep. So uh, before we wrap here, too, I know Dex and I have been getting DMs and, and some emails. So we are scheduling out Wednesday, write that down sessions on Purple Daily 
Write That Down has expanded from Mackie and Judd to Purple Daily. We're doing it on both shows now. So if you want to make predictions about the Minnesota Vikings or other football-related predictions, uh, we are the only show in America that keeps track of our predictions and holds each other accountable and uh, actually puts our reputations on the line every single week. Batting champion over here. Someone, uh, I got a DM from someone who said, I think you should convert it to either completion percentage. And or take the whole formula and make it a QBR, which I was like, well, that that could be. <laughs> wow. I don't know. I don't I know like how a, we could do that. I, I like the idea of it. I just don't know the. Well, you, you could do completion Could we do percentage. completion percentage and touchdowns? touchdowns? So like a touchdown would be the clip of a home run. run. Yeah, you could do that. But then INTs, what would be INTs? Like, there would be no INTs. No, it's, no just, INTs. it's just all, all positivity. <laughs> yeah, it's just completion percentage, which might be positive and might not be. And touchdowns. That's a good. That's a. I like I the completion percentage. Yeah, we'll do Thank that. Completion percentage. Thank you very much. We'll do that. So hit us up. You, uh, our DMs are open. Phil Mackey, uh, Declan Goff on Twitter. You can search us, and we will see you guys tomorrow. It sounds like Mike Sando is going to join tomorrow on yeah. Purple Daily for some reckless quarterback speculation. So that'll be fun. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples. There are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays, and Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone.